Hey, Rick, how's it going? Can you hear me? Yep, I can hear you. Excellent. How Thanks for agreeing to spend some time with us. No problems. So to kick it off, I just wanted to give uh, the listeners a bit of an insight into your background in the industry, a little bit, a little bit more about who Rick is. Okay. Um, well, currently I'm a, uh, a soft tissue therapist. Um, that's what I call myself anyway. If you call me any number of things, I studied my diploma in remedial massage oh, 13 years ago, and since then. Um, I've also done some dry needling using acupuncture needles to release trigger points and been involved in that side of things with treatment. Prior to that, uh, I have worked as a PT in a few gyms, um, but kind of I got a little bit disillusioned with that kind of atmosphere. Um, I felt like it was all about the credit card number and getting persons the person's money rather than actually caring about the person themselves, uh, so that disillusioned me a bit. I drifted away from that, concentrated on my cricket career, playing cricket semi-professional, went to the UK, played there for six months, uh, came back here and then yeah, changed my, um, my career around, embarked on my study and in an roundabouts way it's all led back to... Um, I suppose reading your materials and you know, I've purchased every single book you have, uh, two or three DVDs, watched all your, or as many clips as I can, there's so many of them and it's made me realise that physical preparation is actually a holistic thing regarding what I do myself now with soft tissue therapy and what I've learnt plus the, well we don't like the personal training term really anymore do we I don't <laughs> after reading all your stuff um, yeah so it's kind of a holistic view of looking after the person right from the start uh, looking at their postural imbalances what's causing their issues and, and working from there so I've just started the the level one uh, legacy course the last couple of days which is is brilliant I'm really enjoying it it's uh, even in the first couple of units um, the unit describing how the NSCA changed their name, that kind of thing. It really got me thinking. Um, from just from that, it was mind blowing. I hadn't heard that before. Um, so yeah, it's it's a lot my journey up to this point, and I'm looking my my future. I see myself continuing with the soft tissue therapy, but also my dream is to. Um, we have a little clinic room. I've got a clinic room now, but have an area big enough to have a little bit of a space available so I can take a client or a person who's been referred to me straight into, I suppose, a gym setting with a bench and whatever and mats and show them what I'm telling them about whether it be flexibility work, uh, strengthening, rehab, whatever, as a holistic thing rather than just giving them verbal advice on what I think they should do, then they go away and then they get ad advice from five other people that scrambles their mind and they don't end up doing anything. Um, that's my goal and my dream. Um, so, yeah, and your, the KSI uh, products and, or sorry, products are the right word, the information and, and um, all your writings and, and research over your observations has been a real catalyst to, 
getting me thinking. Yeah, it's um, it's been fantastic. I love it. Yeah, that's great overview. Thank you, Rick. So you've been in the industry for the best part of 15 years. Do you think, do you think anything's changed? Yeah, well, actually, probably longer than that because I, I started my um, I first started my it was called a Cert Four in Health and Fitness over here in Perth. Back in 1994, so that's what's that now? It's 24 years ago. Wow! And I look, I look back to what I was learning in that course, which I thought well, it was quite detailed at the time, and I think they've actually watered it down now so that anyone can walk off the street and do a two-week course. This actually took me two years. Um, but when I look back to that, it was still very limited um, to your teachings. Um, and very driven by a narrow view rather than like you um, have advised to being encouraged to think for yourself. Um, and that's been yeah, probably the – but that's probably not the thing which is promoted these days. It seems to be – it's a – oh, God, the clients I see, they're all wrapped up in the cults of CrossFit and they're continually getting injuries because they're doing things they're not prepared for, loading the body up, um, when they can't even, you know, do your control drills, for instance, <laughs> um, properly, it's it's just it's mind blowing. I think all your stuff just highlighted it. You know, it's like I almost could see these things before I read your stuff without really knowing it, and now um, hearing it, hearing your reading your observations and hearing about all your work has just solidified it. I thought, yeah. Um, Something's wrong out in the marketplace, but unfortunately, the majority well, it seems to me the majority are following everyone else doing the same thing. Um, but people are, seem to be getting more and more injured, so and damaging well, themselves, which is not really the, the purpose of health and fitness. <laughs> no, no, and you're at the, you're at the you're at the front of it. You're you're out there in the out every day. So what your observations are accurate. It's you're seeing what's really happening. It's not a not a theoretical exercise, is it? You're you're seeing the byproduct of what's happening. That's right. And um, getting the phone call from a client and to make a booking, it's been a you know I don't advertise, so it's all a referral from whether it's a doctor or a physio or a chiro or whoever or another client who's told someone to come and see me, and then they come and see me for the first time, and you ask them a few questions, and um, I. I do ask them now, one of the first things, and, and a lot of it's been influenced by you, is do you do any flexibility work? And they say, oh, yeah, at the start of the class we do probably five or so minutes and then we're straight into into the session, into the, I think they call it the WOD, the workout of the day, and that's all a generic program on the board, you know, cleans, chin-ups, this, that and the other, push the sled, you know, and there's no preparation into it, so for a start, they're not doing any warm, a proper warm-up, proper flexibility work, and they're going straight into things that I don't think they should be doing straight away. And then they cop an injury over time, whether it's acute or chronic. Come and see me, and yeah, you have to try and obviously change their mind a little bit by advising them in a non-confrontational way. Um, that what maybe what they're doing isn't really good for them for the long term, but and that's that's the other challenge I find is getting people to look ahead 15, 20 years. You know, do you want to still be walking up straight when you're 65, or 
things like that. Um, it's, it's hard to get so through we're, sometimes. You're seeing that in the fitness industry. What, what about the sporting industry? What are some of the trends you're seeing? In, in, and I don't mean to be offensive to the CrossFitters, but I know they call it a, no. the, the sport. But I mean traditional sports, to put it that way. Well, what, what are you seeing in the traditional sports? Well, traditional sports, particularly over here in Perth with um, with cricket, uh, the, the state cricket team here, they've got an injury list longer than your arm and they're the same players having the same injuries for three years running and I'm thinking, well, what's going wrong there? The, the same, and I, I know a few people who have given me some inside information, it's the same people running the same, like physios running the same rehab programs, etc., Something's going wrong if they're continually doing the same thing, getting the same injuries, and then you read in the paper, oh, such and such has got a bulging disc and he's out for the next six weeks again, or a stress fracture has occurred. And it's, well, just, it's a, almost... Cricket's a great example. It's so dumb. It, it's, a, it's very much the hand-eye coordination sport, and you've been around long enough in cricket. Not, not too many people I can dialogue this with. Well, for starters, cricket isn't played a lot in North America. Um, yeah. But it, without even everyone who's listening understanding what cricket is, it's it, it's a it's a, a bat and ball sport that has a high skill component. But my question was this: If you go back 30, 30 years ago in cricket, and compare the yeah. injury statistics thirty years ago at the same level, like a lead or what any level you want, compared to now, have things changed? Oh, definitely. Where um, injuries are much more prevalent, has the game um, changed? I mean, the game. Is it, it's still three stumps at each end. It's still, yes. Yep, same pitch length. Um, same rules apart from the fact that uh, they've obviously brought in the 2020 game, which is a shorter game that takes three hours um, rather than five-day cricket. And if anything, that should, because the game is short, some of the, the 2020 games are only three hours, very intense, it probably is even more important then to be diligent with um, your preparation and your and you're stretching and all those kind of things because it's such an intense, intense you've, game. But uh, you've watched you've watched the game long enough to answer this question. We know yeah. the game hasn't changed, or we believe the game hasn't changed, and yet the statistics of injury have changed significantly. So, what's caused the epidemic of injuries in cricket? Uh, I think, yeah, I, I think there's been a. a um, a sports science influence um, where they have actually brought in a lot of, I suppose, I don't want to be, it's maybe, yeah, I have thought about this a lot through your through your readings and I think the non-specific aspect of their training um, and so what they're doing isn't actually helping their cricket. So Good, good. And then honestly, then I know, I know for a fact they don't stretch. I actually, um, at the level down from state cricket, I was working with my old team early this year through a 2020 tournament, and I used it a bit as a bit of an exercise. I took some notes and I asked every single player, "What kind of flexibility work are you doing before the game?" Uh, and I, I actually watched them do bugger all. And through the week, they said, "Oh, we don't really do a lot. We do a, a one lap warm up, five minutes of stretching, and then we're straight into it bowling." You know, fast bowling, which is, um, for people who don't know, it's running in off 20 metres, say, and if you, if you imagine, for the North Americans, if you imagine a javelin thrower, it's a, it's, it's a very similar action, um, but instead of hurling a javelin, they're throwing a cricket ball with a round arm action, but the action is slightly different. Um, 
at a batsman, so a batter at the other end. And um, it's, it's quite an intense um, activity, a lot of shearing forces on the spine. And if your technique isn't right, it's the other thing. Adding adding all those loads to incorrect technique, and I know for, my, for, for a fact, because I've actually had stress fractures and back surgery, so I know I've had a bit of personal experience through doing the wrong thing that um, I kind of... I don't want to see others doing the wrong thing, if you know what I mean. But it's, yeah. So the, so, the game has changed in that regard, definitely. I, I got a challenge for you. If everybody that comes here and tells you they've got an injury, well, a question I love to ask is: I say to them, "Do you participate in dry land training or physical preparation, or if you have to use the word strength conditioning?" I, I ask that one question. What do you reckon the percentage of people who present injured answer? Oh, that would yeah. There'd be less 100%. than ten percent that say they do. Or yeah. hundred percent of people injured yeah. uh, you can correlate it back to their dry land training. Yes, yeah, that's that's right. Yep. It's very unusual to have somebody, and they said maybe it's ten percent, maybe it's ninety ten, maybe there's ten percent who say no, I don't do dry land training, I'm still injured. Well, so what I'm saying is the majority of injuries caused in sport are not caused by the sport. Now it's one That's thing right. for a consenting adult to engage in that, but it's a shocking thing for for a, a minor, someone who's not yep. legally responsible for themselves to be placed themselves in the care of an adult, and if the parent only knew that the ninety percent of the injuries that child is going to suffer had nothing to do with the sport. But anyway, I digress. You obviously have seen similar things to what I've seen. So, how did you end up? How did you end up finding KSI? What was the breadcrumbs there? Um, well, I think I've mentioned it once before to you. Um, I, I, the first book I discovered was in the TAFE library while I was studying my diploma, and it was the God bless them. <laughs> so you want to become? Book. That was a long time ago. Um, yeah, that was back in. Well, I think it was about 2005 when I saw that book for the first time in the library, mm-hmm. um, around that time. And I had a read of it, loved it, put it back on the shelf, continued with my, because I was immersed in my remedial diploma, getting that out of the way. And then it, it, it clicked one day where I, um, started thinking about, um, well, like you say, strength and conditioning and where was, the, where could I find that book? Um, so I looked online, couldn't find it anywhere, and I went back to the library um, ten years later, and they still had it there. Um, picked it up, and then I, from there, I discovered your website and all the other books. I, I think I bought Foundations first, and then went on to Barbells and Bullshit. Now I've got yeah, a whole lot of them now, but it just um, the resonating thing out of all of your all of the KSI stuff is the message is consistent. There's no flip-flopping. There's no grasping something out of thin air from 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 somewhere else, putting it into another area just to be like everyone else. It's it's a it's a continuing message based on you know 40 years of observation, which is actually like a scientific research, but it's more practical with with from what you've um, observed from what I've been reading. So it's um, Absolutely. It's, it's, I actually had a, um, I went to, I actually, I did the level one strength and conditioning course through ASCA three years ago and I was very, um, underwhelmed and the lecturer conducting it 
he just dismissed totally. I asked a question about, I actually asked a question about flexibility and he just didn't want to know about it. He fobbed me off. He, it took him two minutes to mumble out a few words and he just moves on to the next thing. And he's a big, he's, I won't drop names, but he's a, um, he's emigrated from North America. He's got a very big background in, um, the college scene, uh, and strength training is his number one. Um, passion. He now lectures here. He's a professor, and he actually co-authored Tudor Bomper's fifth edition of Theory, Methodology, and Training, which is a little I bit. I thought we weren't going to names drop. <laughs> oh, sorry. Well, Tudor Bomper's fine, yeah, because I like. I've, I actually enjoyed. Yeah. His, no, his, his first book, Periodization of Strength, was probably one of my favourite. I've got oh, that on the you, shelf. One of my favourite books. Drop. You can name drop Tudor all you want. You were just getting a little bit. You're, you're leaving too many clues on the. On, yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> on, on the presenter. No, Tudor's fantastic, and I reference Tudor extensively. So, but anyway, the, the professor he just dismissed. Yeah, and I kind of, and the doctor that I work with uh, at my clinic, he said, "Oh, you should have debated him further." But yeah, I just there was a lecture theatre full of people, and I could just see he had no interest in in flexibility, which really surprised me because it is a physical quality and. Well, you and I yeah. think it's a physical quality, but the, 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 the strength and conditioning professional organizations fail to recognize it as an equivalent quality. So that's mm. one of the influences I picked up from Tudor and more, perhaps more of an Eastern European influence is that there's a number of physical qualities and strength is just one of them. So as you yeah. know from what I've taught about strength, the Americans believe that, that uh, it's, uh, physical preparation is 90% at least strength training. Now, that is so unbalanced and so inappropriate it, it, it had its role historically, and I'll talk about that more another day. Um, you yeah. know, it, it was relevant in the 60s when nobody was doing strength training, so they were playing catch-up, but it's no yeah. longer relevant. It's, it's a really redundant concept, and it's causing so much damage. Now, they, they can dodge and weave, and the world's not getting any smarter, and maybe they'll get away with it, but we've moved on yeah. it, well and truly. You know, the world has moved from that point, and uh, as I said, I don't want to – no, I'd open up that can of worms today, not but, because I'm afraid to, but it's just because it's a subject that deserves its own uh, focus. But the disappointing but, thing is that same professor, he advises um, our top Australian rules football team here, um, the West Coast Eagles, and there was a recent seminar that I didn't attend, but I had a client, funnily enough, who attended, who's a phys ed teacher, and the same professor was advocating um, children, um, as young as eight, lifting load, you know, loading themselves up with strength training. <laughs> and yes. I straight away thought back to, and she was horrified and, um, I actually told her about you and, 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 and your, um, and your work. So I hope she's gone away and looked you up. But, um, so yeah, it's out there anyway, but, uh, I suppose there's not much you can do about well, that this situation. Is the influence, this is the influence we're, 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 we're uh, faced with and it's, in all respect, they've paid their dues. The organisation is like 40, 50 years old and they've, they've created a following for themselves. And if the world's too blind to the limitations, then each to their own and, um, you know, buy beware. But I certainly want any, anybody that I cared about or any athlete that I uh, wish the best for to be exposed to these incredibly imbalanced concepts. But, um, you know, the yeah. three stages of truth, you know, the, the, the world will turn one day and we're just lighting the path a bit earlier than people are ready for. Because whenever you, you provide a new idea or threaten, or threaten the status quo, you know, people are going to throw stones. So 
yeah. we could go on with that one a lot. So you, you've you, you found the book um, probably what's that, 10, 15 years ago, and then you finally came, yeah. finally came back. So I got a question for you. One of the most common questions I get from people say, Ian, I'm in the industry. I want to learn more. I've heard about you. Can you tell me what I should start with? Which of your products should I start with? Now, I've got my thoughts on that, but I want to know your thoughts on that. If you are recommending someone, if you're answering that question to someone reaching out to say, you know, I'd just like to you know, learn a bit from you, where should I start? What would you recommend to them? The professionals. A professional who's asking, oh, okay. Yeah, so they're, they're in the physical yeah. preparation industry in, in, in whatever discipline yeah. that they Right, so whether to start with your, because I started with your literature, your books, um, and that led me to um, your website, your DVDs, and your YouTube clips. Um, but now that I've started the Legacy One course, yeah, I actually think that that's probably a great place to start because it gets to the nuts and bolts of it um, straight away, and I found. And I know that I've, I've, I've read your books and I'm going to read them over and over, um, which will take a long time. I'll just keep back and I'll just keep getting, you know, I'll start at the at the beginning and get through all the books and start again. But I find I'm rereading things that I remember. Oh, I read that last year, like through the since I started the KSI course. So I'd say go straight to the course level one, um, particularly if they're in working in the industry and it's just going to expand them, change them, um, change their thinking. Because I do have a few. Um, yeah, personal trainers who um, come to see me for soft tissue work, and it's interesting talking to them. And I always question them on, you know, what kind of programs are they giving their clients, and without um, preaching to them, but just just interested to know what they're doing. And I that I reckon it'd be a great place for them to to, to start would be with the level one, to be honest. Well, I'm, I really appreciate your your opinion on that because. Coincidentally or not, that's what I'm telling them. Now, they're coming to you asking for a $50 book and then ended up telling them a course of, of more than that. So do you think the, the, the commitment of spending more than 50 bucks is a limiting factor? I mean, in your mind, was it a limiting factor? I mean, uh, let's, having said that, I know people will go to a, you know, like the latest trend bit, Caterpillar or something else seminar for a grand for the weekend because it's latest trend. Yeah. But for putting aside what people will spend on the latest trend, it, it was the the entry to the level one, the, the, the entry price to level one, a prohibitive factor for you? No, not at all. Um, as I say, I started with the books and then I got so immersed in just reading the books that it, one book led to another and, you know, I've spent, I don't know what it is, well over 500 anyway and it's not a to me it's an investment in not only my own because I you know I, I train myself and I've trained my whole my, my whole personal training approach so that's a winner I'm a winner anyway just just doing that for my own health and well-being so I'm looking after my back I'm looking after my knee I had a knee reconstruction 25 years ago I haven't got any cartilage left but um so I the investment is an investment in my health and fitness, and then from there, it's an investment in whoever else I come into contact with through my work, and it's 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 worthwhile. So it wasn't a prohibitive factor at all. No, oh, it's great to hear because I, I often get that feedback, and I often hear from the prospective 
uh, you know, the people write me emails and I get the email almost on a daily basis and, you know, I've just heard about you. I've just been exposed to you. So and so has recommended you, which is very nice. Um, where do you reckon I start? And I, I actually say, listen, I, I think you're going to get the best value as a professional from the course. I mean, the, the mm. course notes alone are 1500 plus pages. Uh, yeah. you, the, there's no book that that's big, that is that big. So on, on information alone, it's, it's without peers, but it just, um, it, it's an interesting, to see people often pull back at, for whatever reason, and I just try to understand what it might be through your eyes. Yeah, well, spending, you know, they're, they're quick to spend $600 on, um, like you say, a, a, a maybe a weekend seminar in another state, but what do you learn in a weekend? Yeah, <laughs> like you, yeah, particularly like you say, it, it might not even be relevant to, um, it's it just a trendy thing like the kettlebell or whatever. I think it's better to immerse yourself in something that um, you can really, and it's the three different mediums too. Obviously, the reading, the notes, and then watching the, um, the the clip and listening to the audio. So it's which helps also reinforce. Um, and each one's a little bit different, so you can't, you know, yeah, you've got to listen, watch, and read, and um, I think that accelerates your learning as well, um, and things stick. Stick then. It's a multi, multimodal presentation that allows you to learn the three ways, as you said. So that's, that's great feedback. Yep. So I, I'm, I'm pretty excited for anybody who embraces what I teach because not only uh, is there a need for it in, in the marketplace, but there's a growing need for it because the direction of the world is taking is in a different direction. And um, I think that's bad for humanity, but it's good for uh, anybody who's on a more effective path so what i'm saying is that, you know you you've got a massive future of continuing and path in the same way that the coaches who have gone on to higher levels of mastery they, they have um, you know really good businesses and, and great clientele and, and great income streams yeah I've, I've already noticed some small very small incremental changes with people who because generally i'm a last resort but, you know, they, someone comes to me, they say to me, oh, I've seen everyone, I've seen a physio, I've seen a chiro, I've seen the doctor, I'm at a loss, what's causing my problem? And I'll I'll go through um, looking at their postural imbalances, asking what their occupation is, what sport do they play, how often they train, all, all the questions, and I'll do my soft tissue work because they want a bit of immediate relief, and then I'll give them something to go away with. And the ones that actually carry out um, the stretching and um, the some of the control drills to try and because you, you, I remember you can actually use the control drills not only as switch ons but as um, a rehab kind of absolutely um, absolutely and, and I've had some great feedback where people have said oh this is fantastic um, I had a guy come to me actually last week and he hadn't seen me for five years I looked in his file and I, I was asking what happened what's been going on the last five years and he said oh, I didn't need to come back and see you and, and I thought well that's that actually gave me a buzz you know I mm. thought financially yeah I don't see him for five years but there's so many people to come to go around it it was not about money it was about me helping someone and I felt really good about myself and about what I do and it gave me a lot of confidence that I'm on the right track well, ironically, what we teach, and as you'll learn this as you move up through the 
the ranks as we teach, our goal is to become redundant. We, we want to educate people to the extent where they, they don't need us, but the reality is then when they achieve certain goals and they open up their their expectations of what's possible within themselves and they need guidance in new areas. So we actually, we never really make ourselves redundant, but we certainly make ourselves less dependent upon, and that's the goal, is to avoid the dependency which is created in, in particularly the health professions Yep. And the expectation of, say, the personal training industry that uh, that person needs to see me three times a week, etc. And I also see the limitations in the medical side where I work alongside a doctor and he's a great man, he's my mentor, he's been doing, uh, he's not a, he's a, a trained GP but he's more holistic and he calls himself a naturopathic um, practitioner. And he um, does a lot of trigger point release work. Um, injecting rather than using acupuncture needles and I've seen and I've been learning a lot of his work but he's actually limited a lot in his uh, advice that he gives to people post-treatment and I've asked him you know do you give them any post uh, advice like stretching or and he he doesn't because I don't think he really knows what to to give so I kind of think that I've got an extension to that I can actually add add to that so he's actually treating the the, the symptom, not the cause, whereas I can actually go to the cause and try and find the cause and that will hopefully, yeah, like you say, stop them having to come back again. And, and another to. philosophy that you'll learn as you move along this path is that we look for them to do more than what we do. So when it comes to you know, the classical treatment concept, the hands-on concept, if we're doing more than the than the the customer, the client, the athlete, if we're doing more than them, then we've got a problem. And that is typical in the medical industries, the health industries, but not not in our philosophy. Our philosophy is that I'll only do um, what to to a certain amount dependent upon your commitment to healing yourself. So it's a very different philosophy, but I think you'll really enjoy as you move through. Yeah, I can't wait to um, to get back into it and finish the, the units. I'm loving it. Excellent. Well, Rick, it's been great chatting with you. I, I learn a lot when I talk to people about their journey and the psychology, their decision making, the, the realizations that they made along the way, you know, what it takes to get a person from point A to point B. And it is an important study for us because now ultimately we have coaches in our program who have been with me for 20 years now. So, uh, yep. we have the ability to provide ongoing guidance, ongoing Improving it, and, and, and not that it takes 20 years to to master, but um, you know it's definitely a mastery is a, a five to ten year journey, and everything after that is um, just a continuation of, from people who are committed to being the best they can be. So there's a lot of opportunities in front of me, and I think you're going to get a lot from many different ways, you know, holistically in life from from your involvement in the program. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's um, it's definitely a journey, not a destination. It's a, a, a continuing journey of learning, and yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I I, yeah. I look to learn from the human uh, every day. Look from the athlete's body every day, and I also look back and reflect. You know, why did person X back in nineteen nineteen ninety whatever get injury X? And it's it's a lot of lessons in it. And, and reading the body is a very important art. It's a very important master. Because the body tells us everything. The body does not lie. So much lies ahead of you, and uh, we look forward to you growing the program. And to have uh, an Australian in the program 
you know, we, we have a very international program, as you know, and considering I'm not saying I'm a I'm an original Aussie because I wasn't born in this country, but considering what I've developed from my experiences, uh, a lot of which was developed in this country, we do get overlooked a little bit in that the Australian psychology is that, you know, if it's from America, they must know what they're doing. The, the, the irony for me is much of which is brought back from America is diluted, imitated concepts of mind. So it's quite funny to watch. So to yes. have an Australian who understands the value of what's here, um, despite the fact that I haven't got a fake American accent, is, yeah. uh, it's, great, it's great to have you in the program as an Aussie. Yeah, that's great. No, thanks. Thanks a lot. And, um, thanks for all your work. I, I uh, will continue to enjoy it and immerse myself in it. Excellent, Rick. We appreciate your program and thank you for spending your time with us in this chat. Great. Thanks a lot, Ian. Thanks, Rick. Bye.